When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, uh, welcome to another episode of Talking Cars. And today we've got a very special guest. Uh, he's an FCA, well, Jeep engineer. So uh, Mickey Bly is uh, the powertrain engineer for the new Wrangler uh, 4x4. Uh, and 4xe. 4x4, sorry, 4xe. Uh, and we are going to be talking all about... Um, well, electric Jeeps, how cool is that? Yeah, we're stoked. Yeah, I mean, you know, who would have thunk that a year ago that we'd be out there uh, discussing uh, an electric powertrain in, of all things, a Wrangler. Sit back and relax or keep driving if you're driving. TFL Talking Cars is on the air, the world's most popular car podcast. Okay, maybe not yet, but we're working on it. Mickey, can I just have you say your title for the record? Yeah, Mickey Bly. I'm the head of FCA's Global Propulsion Systems. So in old speak, that's powertrain. New speak, propulsion systems. <laughs> so, uh, you know, FCA in America really only has, uh, if I'm not mistaken, one hybrid powertrain, and that's in the Pacifica, right? So this will be your second hybrid powertrain, and to put it in a Wrangler is pretty darn cool. Yeah, you know, from a little bit of correction there, we've had a, a mild hybrid or, or mid-voltage mid uh, hybrid system now with our e-torque that's been in the in the Wrangler before. It was in the uh, Ram uh, 1500 also. And then if you think of us as a global company, we just recently announced our Renegade and Compass PHEV, our plug-in hybrid over in the European uh, locations right now. So we're really rolling out a lot of technology at the same time, but Wrangler will be added to the family. That's correct. Yeah, so let's talk about the ring a little bit. Let's get people up to speed. If you haven't heard or if you haven't uh, watched the videos, um, you guys basically introduced it, what is it, two weeks ago, about two weeks ago. Uh, and let's go over the basic facts about it, Tommy. Yeah, so it's a, it's a pretty impressive looking vehicle, especially considering that the 4xe now has more torque than even the three liter diesel. Mickey, can you kind of go over the, the big headline numbers for us? Yeah, great question. You know, we're really happy with what we've done with this vehicle. First of all, we started with the base vehicle, which is an incredible off-road capability of the Wrangler. And the tenets of that was don't screw that up. We still want our customers customers to have an unbelievable off-road capability, free air, open air type environment. So we took our two liter turbo engine. Uh, we've added onto the front of it our, our, our uh our e-torque system, which is a small motor and the electric motor on the front of the engine. And then we added a very large electric motor between the engine and the transmission, actually part of the transmission. So you add all that, that power together. So we'll have 375 combined horsepower and 470 foot-pounds of torque. So when you tie it all together from the electric machine on the front, you got the combustion engine and then the transmission electric machine, that's what we're able to deliver. So as you said, it will be the most capable 
Wrangler we've made to date. And another pretty impressive fact too is, you know, this new plug-in Wrangler is rolling with a 17, just over 17 kilowatt hour battery, which is pretty big for, for a typical plug-in hybrid. Talk to me about why you went with such a large battery pack. Well, there's a couple of reasons. First of all, we tried to maximize what we could put in the battery. It's kind of a two-dimensional puzzle you got to put together. You want as much battery to get as much electric range as you can, and then you want to have put it within a, a constraint of a cost side because as you get bigger batteries, it costs more and more for that. So we just tried to play for the sweet spot, and we also wanted to make sure the battery was packaged in a convenient area inside the vehicle. So it's underneath the second row seat. You can flip the seat up. It's sitting right there. So we bounded ourselves by packaging environment, how much electric, all electric fun we want the customers to be able to have, and then kind of the cost also. So we, we think we've, we've got it pretty good. What's the pure electric range on it? What's your, what's your range on electricity alone? Yeah, so we have not certified yet with the EPA yet. So we still have to go through all the formal parts of this. So it looks like right now we'll be uh, about up to about 25 miles of all electric range. And then what we call MPGE, or the federal government uh, rates, is it's mi uh, miles per gallon equivalent. And that looks like right now we'll be approaching 50. Yeah, which so is think about that in a Wrangler, 50 miles per yeah, gallon. That's incredible for, for a vehicle that's, you know, like a brick into the wind. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, well, it's, yes, it's got a profile. Let's just say that. <laughs> so, Mickey, one question we've seen a lot, and one question I have is, uh, do you lose any performance once you've drained that high voltage battery? So are you going to see any degradation in terms of zero to 60 when that battery is depleted? Uh, great question. So as you said, if you plug in the vehicle at night or in the daytime at work or whatever, the first thing we'll be able to do is, is allow the, the customer to select. But when we start up, we'll be a, as a plug-in hybrid, as a hybrid mode. So we'll be trying to optimize between electrical propulsion and gas and really playing a very smart computer inside saying what is the best way to deliver energy to the wheels so as we start depleting that battery down 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 to to the lowest level or zero percent left left we will go into just a pure hybrid mode so it'll be like any hybrid vehicle you see today we will try to regain some energy while we're driving so if you imagine going up and down hills in, in an area as you come downhill we're actually pulling that regenerative energy back into the battery so we can get a little more electric range out of it. You go down a big mountain, we'll fill the battery as much up as we can. So it's, it, you don't really deplete the battery completely and stop using it. So then we're running as a two liter engine, a turbo engine, and a, and a little bit of electric propulsion. And we're tying those things together. If, if you really take it to the fundamentals, a Wrangler today has a two liter turbo engine in it, the same engine. It'll be just like driving that at the worst case. I gotcha. So if, if I have, if I've run the range from 25 to zero and I, I plant it from a stop merging onto a highway, will it be slower than if I had the battery at 100%? Um, between 100% and zero, no, because that little short term uh, drive, that acceleration quick, it'll feel the same. I got We've you. done that on purpose. We keep a little bit of reserve in our back pocket, so those situations. If you're going to be towing a vehicle, towing a, a, a trailer, you know, we would be, you'd feel some differences from electric propulsion uh, for long distances, but not short bursts like that. Zero to 60, zero to 100 to feel the same. Gotcha. All right. So let's talk about uh, recharge time, uh, 17 kilowatt hour battery, level one, how long, you know, if you just plug it into the wall? Yeah, right now the level one will be around 12 hours, which is a 110 plug in your outside 50, 15 amp circuit on your, in your household breaker. And level two, uh, we can really optimize that in, in, in good conditions. We can get it to about two, two and a half hours. 
So I messed this up in my previous video. Yeah. I misread the spec sheet and it was totally my fault, but yeah. I said in the previous video it was a 2.5 kilowatt yeah, onboard charger. I called it pokey, but now I understand it's 7.2 kilowatt onboard charger. So it is a true level two charger. Absolutely. Onboard. Yep. Now, was there any thought given to incorporating level three DC fast charging like the Mitsubishi Outlander or was that not really on the table? Things to come maybe. Okay. <laughs> Things to come, maybe. Gotcha. All right. Now, let me ask you this. So you've got the eTorque, right, which is a 48-volt system, right? That's still in the yes. So you've got yep. a 48-volt system, and then you've got a 17-kilowatt-hour battery. That's a lot of electricity going on, right? That's a lot of complexity. Why did you guys decide uh, to sandwich the motor, uh, you know, basically in, in place of a torque converter? Why did you decide to put it in there? Well, great question. I love, I love talking to you guys because you're, you're, you're techies and you understand how this stuff works. So there's a lot of places you can put an electric machine inside of, you know, if you, in geek, geeky engineers speak, we call it P0, P1, P2, P3, P4, as you go from the front of the car all the way to the back. What we tried to do looking at this from a, from a best fit for this vehicle, and as I said, we start off, don't lose the Wrangler capability, which means you need to have four wheel drive. Don't lose the ability to uh, have um, uh, full traction off-road events. So we wanted to make sure we do that. And if you take those scenarios and bullet down, if, either you're gonna go full BEV or you're gonna go something that's not capable to meeting those. So a P2, which is what we call this system and in, in, in the speak, we partnered with ZF. So we're still using a ZF uh, uh, partner for the, for the transmission with our torque flight transmission. And it just made sense. Where do you want to put the electric machine? And, and it fits perfect. It is really a nice way of doing it for this type of vehicle, rear-wheel drive vehicle. So does that mean that when you have the motor sandwiched in between the engine and transmission, you still have full use of the transfer case in every okay. drive mode? So you can run EV mode on low range if you're out on Hell's Revenge, just like you could run EV mode just driving yeah. to school. Yeah, absolutely. And, and in fact, what's really cool about that, and, and our guys have been out there, uh, unfortunately with COVID, I didn't go on to get to go on the big trip uh, in spring to, to try it myself. But, you know, hours and hours and hours out on the trail running full electric. So we have a selector switch on, on the lower left hand side of the steering column where you can run in hybrid mode, you can run in pure electric mode, or you can run in um, uh, e-save mode. And that e-save mode is you, you basically keep your battery at whatever charge and we, we, we don't let you drain the battery, but you put that electric mode and you can just have fun out in the outback, off-road, wherever you want to go, fully electric, just the quiet of the, of the day. So I guess, I guess that like the e-save would be, let's say you wanted to go, there's two potential scenarios, right? First would be if you want to go to Moab and just run pure electric, like fins and things, you could hit e-save, then you turn it on all EV when you're on the trail, right? And that way you're not using any... Uh, gasoline at all or in places which is which is coming like you know like let's say like the city of london <laughs> right where you you have to go all electric uh if you don't want to pay huge amounts of tax you could also use it that way right so it works yeah in an yeah. urban environment and kind of an off-road environment yeah in fact uh, the european city the mega cities are starting to get that more and more as you said paris is talking about london has got it from i think it's 20 pounds a day if you don't have electric capability inside the perimeter, the, the M25, I think it is, M1 um, over there. So it, it is a lot of that uh, environmental, social, hey, we want to be able to have vehicles driving all electric mode, but we don't, we don't want to limit that to the only thing. So yes, that's a perfect example. Sh uh, Shanghai, Beijing, others are doing it too. And this vehicle will be sold in all markets.
One question I have for you is, if you look at the realm of plug-in hybrids, they are typically very road-going vehicles. So, you know, RAV4, Prime, um, even something like the Range Rover PHEV is, is probably not going to be in the same off-road situation as a new Wrangler 4xe. What are some of the challenges of incorporating a high-voltage system in a vehicle that still has to cross 30 inches of water? Oh, well, you know, that, that's a great, uh, great question. First of all, the vehicle's fully capable of doing what you said from a 40, 30 inches of 40, and we made sure that we designed it that way. We know these vehicles get water inside of them. You know, people get them, uh, wakes coming in, and we got all kinds of uh, caution we have to do. The good news is between the sealing of the battery, the sealing of the motor, the sealing of the wires, the technology exists. You know, there, there are devices that work underwater in electrical in industrial areas or commercial areas or even military areas. So we were able to incorporate the best technology to make sure there's no concerns at all. So you drive away, have fun in the river uh, with the fording specs that we've given you, and, and we made sure of that. So yes, it's something kind of in the back of your mind. Maybe when you're a little kid, your, your mom or dad warned you about you know, playing water electricity, but this, is, this vehicle is fully capable. So, you know, we've only seen pictures of it. Uh, like you said, your engineers have had it out on the trail. When you're in pure electric mode, what does it sound like? Well, it's, uh, it's funny. I, I had one home a couple weeks ago. I was talking about before the reveal, and I wanted to experience it just, just me, you know, not, not have like prep special vehicles for me. So I put about 500 miles on the vehicle over about uh, nine days. And, I, and while I was happy and proud of what the team's been working on, um, I had my son in the car. And uh, we, we left my neighborhood and it was fully charged battery, charged overnight. He goes, Dad, this thing is really quiet. And, and, and I was like, what do you mean? He says, it just, it sounds really cool. It sounds futuristic. It sound, found, sounds, you know, spacey kind of thing. So it really is, it is a really quiet, smooth ride. So then you take the top off, take the doors off, everything else off road. You got all the nature and environment. Uh, we do have a pedestrian alert system on it, which is regulated in, in, in differently, unfortunately, right now around the world. So at very low speed, we do have this white noise producing uh, device, which is regulated. So you will at very, very low speeds hear that. So what, is, what does that sound like? Is it just, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Cause I, I know, uh, uh, you know, different uh, manufacturers have different sounds. So did you give some thought to like making some custom Jeep sounds? You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. We have not released the, you know, the, we have not released that intentionally. So we've got a few more tweaks to do. Our design guys are working on that, the spirit of the Jeep. And, and, and I've heard a lot of different ones, so I don't want to comment on it. I, I suggest Guns N' Roses, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Okay, go for it. <laughs> so one of the big challenges with any battery electric vehicle or even plug-in hybrid is managing battery temperatures. And I imagine if you're out, you know, on the rocks and it's a 100-degree day, there's definitely going to be some of those stresses on the battery. How have you been able to keep the battery cool? And then maybe how do you keep the battery from being too cold in the winter? Yeah, so, so it, it, I... People ask, and, and not like you, who I'll say other people who don't have the technical background, you know, wonder about batteries and you know, what are they like. And I, and I really say they're like humans. Um, they really do like to be about the same temperature we do. 70 degrees Fahrenheit. If you keep a battery at that temperature his whole life, it's great. You get it too hot, it gets a little bit uncomfortable. You get it too cold, it wants to find a warm space. So we kind of take that mentality of we got humans in the car, let's keep the battery similar to that. And what we do, the battery is inside the cabin compartment. So as the customer or the driver cools himself or heats him, him or herself in the vehicle, we do the same thing with the battery. We have the ability to cool it. So we have a cooling loop inside the battery. 
And we also have heating elements that allow us to heat that cooling loop and keep it at that optimum temperature. So we're, we're able to manage that battery very, very well to, to a very nice uh, cool temperature or, or I'll say stable temperature. So did you have to beef up the cooling system on the Wrangler? Or did you have to, you know, re-engineer the AC system in order to accommodate the battery? We had to put um, some extra loops and lines and pumps because obviously getting coolant in, to the rear of the passenger compartment was very important for us to do that, but it's very insignificant. I mean, the, the heating capacity and cooling capacity of the car is, is, is no great strain on the vehicle. All right, and a quick question. Uh, what, uh, what's, do, you, do you limit the top speed in pure EV mode? I'm guessing you probably do. You know what? I don't know the answer to that. Um, I, I do, well, I'm going to say I don't know. We can follow up with you if there's any top speed. I know I was driving on the highway on I-75 heading north up to the lakes. I didn't notice a, a limit that I was running into. I just don't know. Okay, fair enough. So, Mickey, how did you have to change the Wrangler to accommodate the larger battery? Did you have to change anything on the drivetrain? Did you have to change anything with the suspension? I mean, for, for a lot of people out there looking to, to modify a Wrangler, is there anything that, that really is, is significantly different between the 4xE and the Wrangler? Yeah, when you put your 40s on, what's going to happen? Yeah, um, well, we, obviously our Mopar guys are really chomping at the bit to get a hold of this and start doing some things with it for the aftermarket side of it. But, you know, in general, and I'll say this in general, um, we did not have to make any accommodations for the electrification system on here. Um, yes, it's running at a slightly different ride height. It's, it's, it's got to accommodate the forward rear balance because we now have a, a battery in the back has a little more weight. I think we added about 400 pounds to the total vehicle, the system. So we had to retune the springs a little bit. But in general, the, the vehicle, the Wrangler feels, looks, handles, behaves just like a traditional Wrangler. Oh, you, you guys, I guess that means you could lift it, right? You can go out and put your 35s on. I don't know about 40s, but, you know, it's, it's yeah. the cool thing. We about encourage it. you to work with our Mopar operations, <laughs> and, 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 and they, will clear, they will take care of any modifications that are allowed. Yeah, the cool thing about electricity is torque, right? And that's what you need oh. when you're, when you're off-roading. And uh, electricity does it, and it does it instantly, which is really cool. You know, it's, it's, it's funny you say that um, when people get in the car, including myself, when you, if, you, if you're not an EV fan or an EV person, you're, you don't really understand what instantaneous torque is. You know, you turn that power on, you bring the, the motors and machines, they're got full torque as soon as you hit them. I was driving again up 75 and you know, you're going 50, 55, you, you punch it and it is just, a, it's not a neck snapper, but I would tell you, you feel the rush of the vehicle because that power just keeps pushing all the way through the speed range. It was really cool. So have you have you played with the the regen in uh, like low range with hill descent control on? Are you actually putting any power back into the battery if you've got uh, like uh, the, the trail control on? Um, we it, if it makes sense to do it. Um, it's a extremely complicated controls activity to handle all that torque positioning. But we will do whatever it takes between the normal engine braking that we do the electric machine braking that now we have two machines we can play with. And then finally with the brakes that we can, we can bring on. So um, we do what's called optimized charging. So we have an optimizer. It runs inside the hybrid control processor and its whole mission is how do I save as much energy? How do I use the less least amount of gas or gasoline in it? And it's always making those calculations, you know, thousands every second of, of what can I do to be best on this. So in, in real world terms, does that mean, you know, if you get a four by E, you won't have to replace your brake pads as often? 
Well, in general, you know, you talk to anybody with electrificate, electrified vehicle, that's one of the things you see is that the wear and tear on the vehicle, the normal wear and tear on the vehicle does decrease because, as you said, we're every time we get a chance to slow down, you lift your foot up, we take that, instead of allowing braking to take place, we try to get that recuperative um, brake blending. We bring the electric motors on it and reverse them, basically, to get that energy. And, and you're right. You know, people people are always saying, "Well, my brakes last forever on 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 from the, what they used to in traditional ones." So yes, there will be um, uh, very consistent performance in that in that uh, case. Hey, did you? Uh, so we had a Tesla Model X that we tried to turn into an off-roader, and uh, it didn't go so well <laughs> for a number of reasons. Uh, but one of the things that we found was that uh, because it didn't have a, a low-speed transfer case, it was using huge amounts of power. You know off-roading basically anytime it had to go up a pretty steep hill it's a significant amount of of, of electricity you're using yeah um, what, 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 what is your yeah what is your testing fund obviously you've got a low speed transfer case so you're able to you know to, to maximize uh, that power but still i would think you're using you know a good amount of power to go up pretty steep hills yeah as you said we, we still have the, the transfer case in there and the mechanical advantage you gain combining electric machines and mechanical advantage is where we're able to do that uh, power is power or, you know, whatever you need and how do you get it? Do you take it purely electric or do you use the mechanical? Uh, gears are amazing things that the gears and clutches, they've been around for a really long time and, and it really helps you get up that. As I said, we've got guys that have been out, out west on the off-road trails hours and hours and hours driving electrically out there. So, um, and the best part about this is unlike uh, pure electric is if you do happen to drain the battery, guess what? We turn the engine on and you finish your day with your normal gas gas propulsion. So one question we received a few times um, is in, in kind of regards to charging the battery constantly if, if you're using it to commute on every day. So for example, like a lot of BEVs try to limit you from, from charging full every day um, to, to reserve the, the capacity of the battery, you know. Right, usually 80%, yeah, 90%. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any concern of charging your four by E battery to 100% consistently no, regularly? Okay. not at all. Not at all. A um, little bit you brought earlier. Earlier, the conversation was about DC fast charging. There is, there are some companies with, with DC fast charging. You know, you don't get a full linear whatever. Let's say it's 50 kilowatts or 100 kilowatts or yeah. even you know something 200, 350. It's not linear. You know, it, it'll, it'll bring you up and then it tapers off very quickly at the end as you start trying to top it up or using a old term trick charging, um, trying to just put a little bit in the battery. So. Uh, for this for this uh, vehicle, no issue. Charge it every night. Do whatever you need to do. Charge it in the morning. Charge it at work. Whatever, whatever. No problem. If you ever go back to work these days. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and let's let's look at the flip side of that coin, right? Which is you could have this vehicle and just drive it and never charge it up, right? You could you could just you could just fill it up with gasoline and then you know it'll do its own thing and you will never have to actually plug it in if that's something you chose to do. I don't know why you would, but they're like my wife probably would do that. Yeah, I mean, in the, as it, like I said, if the battery's not fully charged, we still then drive it like a hybrid. So a traditional hybrid electric vehicle, we try to grab as much energy as possible, put it back to the wheels. So we're always doing that blending, even if you don't plug it in to get the, the big battery capacity. So Mickey, was there any thought given to um, any kind of plugs or access for high voltage power? Um, so if, if you're on a campsite and you're, you've got a, a little fifth or a camper behind you, any, yeah. uh, any possibility for like 240 volt from the pack? 
Yes. So there's a lot of discussions uh, in the industry on this. Uh, I can tell you at the launch of this vehicle, we won't have any type of offboard uh, power generation or power capability. Uh, not a not a negative. Uh, you'll have a, a 110. You'll have a 12 volt accessory plugs in there. None of the high high normal. Uh, but uh, let's let's see what happens uh, soon. How about that? Yeah, I mean, it's a, you know, 17 kilowatt hours is a lot of power. You could certainly yep. do a lot with that <laughs> at a campsite. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so, uh, what else? Any other questions, Tommy? I'm kind of. I think you've got most of the big ones down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. How about the, let's talk about the plug. Uh, why did you decide to put it kind of? Um, I mean, there's a lot of places you could put it, but you kind of put it in front of the aid pillar there. Why there? Why not like you know in the back or under the plate or you know in the old. Yeah. Center? You know, I, we let our design studio and our design op office really help craft what this vehicle is looking like. I think it's a beautiful piece of work. You know, it keeps all the traditional lines of the vehicle. And there is a, you know, I'll say somewhat of a common location that people like to pull into garage and their garages or parking spaces and like that front left location for a plug in general. Doesn't mean it has to be there, but that's kind of where a lot of the industry has gone. And, and for us, it's it's a perfect place to plug right in, you know, using that area that we did. So it's very nice, very neat, very simple to get to, and you know, you don't get dirty crawling underneath the vehicle or anything. And do you have any charge indicators on on like the dash or on the, uh, yeah, the plug itself? Yeah, what if are you displaying anything once it's plugged in? Oh yeah, um, I, I, in in the reveal, I don't know if we showed that, but yeah, we have a, a, a FCA patented uh, lighting system. It's actually right in the front center of the dash, uh, up top in the glass, so you can see it from 360. If you're in your house, you can look out, and it's basically a, a very simple light indicator. One that you are charging, so you know, you know, if you look out there, it has charging, and then two, you can see where you're at. And then also with our UConnect system, you have it on your app, so you can look at it at your phone of, of how how things are going for your charge. And then and you can about, program charge times too. And yeah, and how about like state of the battery? How much information are you showing once you're actually using it and driving? Is, it, is there a specific page in the Uconnect that shows you kind of the state of the battery and where the power is flowing, you know, that, that kind of thing? Yeah, so center, center of the cluster, center of the, the, the wheel area, we, we allow you to customize that to what you bring up, what you turn on. So we show the total battery capacity, total battery range, gasoline range, combined range. You know, you can be a total geek and have all the parameters. We have a, um, a, a coach, a, a hybrid coach, which is telling you how you're driving. Uh, and then on the center, you can actually pull in some of those for power flows and, and really, you know, while your kids and say, hey, that's where all this stuff is, all this stuff is going. One thing I didn't mention is we actually have a max regen button uh, also selectable. So we actually, I'll, I'll say pseudo one pedal driving if you used to that in EVs. So not only can we, we display what you're doing, but we give you the ability to have this really max regen feel. So you lift foot, you get a lot of deceleration, low traffic, you can just drive with just your, uh, your, your throttle and no braking needed. So it's a really neat feature. So did you have to apply any lessons learned from like the Pacifica Hybrid to the Wrangler? Are there any carryovers that you, uh, uh, between the two? Yeah, you know, it, it's a front-wheel drive configuration versus a, a traditional rear-wheel drive or a four-wheel drive configuration. So there's a lot of learnings, but we kind of think of the Pacifica was our Gen 1, and then we moved into this Gen 2, which is going across Renegade, Compass, and Wrangler with different architectures. Where we're really able to reuse is, I'll say, the complexity of the brain, this, this hybrid processor that we have, and that's really where we're reusing. So, uh, you know, the millions and millions of lines of code that's going on in there to be able to reuse that and not have to revalidate everything was, was really helpful to get this thing launched. 
And any thoughts of doing, you know, I gotta tell you, one of my favorite things in electric cars is the fact that they don't creep. Any thought of getting rid of creep or is that is that one step too far for a plug-in hybrid? Get rid of creep, you mean uh, low speed? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like so when you go to a stoplight, you just, you don't, you know, it just stops, you don't, it doesn't creep forward, right? That was added uh, a long time ago when automatic transmissions came into being because people- Parker, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, I don't think we talked, well, I don't think we considered that. Um, don't, don't think that was on my list of uh, wishes from the brand or the, or the, uh, the consumer side, but uh, maybe I'll write it down and see. I'll give you credit if we, we bring it in. How about that? <laughs> yeah, once you get used to one foot of driving, then getting rid of the creep is nice because we, we yeah. actually have two electric cars right now at the office. We've got a Model uh, Y and we got a um, smart electric car, and the, and the smart electric car has creep. And the Model Y, you can just disable it and, and I like okay. driving without it. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's you know, it also holds a hill automatically, right? So it does all that. Yeah, yeah. Is, is, we do the hill hold. This will do a hill hold uh, situation on there. That's, so that's really good. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Is the two liter the same that you'd find in uh, in the two liter e torque gas? Well, gasoline only model. Yeah. Absolutely, same engine. You know, we we had to calibrate it a little bit differently to interact with you know engine off situations and things like that for the the. The motor, but yeah, it's it's the same engine, same uh, family of engines. Our, our global midsize engine, and, and it's it's a workhorse. It's a it's a great engine, high fuel efficiency starting point. Did you reduce um, the fuel tank capacity to make room for the battery? Yeah, um, we, we did. Um, well, not make room for the battery. Um, we did. Um, it was about a gallon and a half or two gallons less, just for all the configurations underneath the vehicle. So I'd have to we'd have to follow up and get the specs. I, I don't have it at the top of my head. Sorry. That's okay. Now, this question may be out of your area of expertise, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, does it also qualify for the federal tax rebate because it's a plug-in hybrid? You know, the um, $7,500? I, I yeah, I don't know exactly what we're going to qualify till we get our certification of the okay. plug-in hybrid and whether HOV lanes and all those things. So we'll let the, the marketing and brand guys, as we get closer to launch, uh, let you know what's going to be available. Yeah, so it's, it's actually pretty, let's just count them down. I mean, there's now so many different variants of the Wrangler, right? There's the traditional Pentastar. Uh, then you can get the uh, two-liter uh, e yeah. Then you can yeah. get the uh, diesel. And now, yeah. you, now you have the plug-in <laughs> e-torque hybrid, hybrid yeah, yeah. Which, is, which is pretty crazy. So four, four flavors of, uh, of Wrangler. Um, you know, I had a friend who was really good at business, and he said, if you want to be successful, give people a lot of choice. And you certainly are doing that. Yeah, you know, and that's the whole kind of the spirit of the Wrangler. There's no excuses. We want our customers to have everything from the, 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 the base model, if you want to call it that, where they really can do their uh, conversions or their outfits or working with Mopar up to really state-of-the-art, which is, which the 4xe is doing. So uh, I've driven them all. I drive them. I love driving the Wrangler. Um, you know, it's, it's just, a, it's just a, it's a fantastic vehicle. Been here for decades. And, uh, you know, we're just keep moving on and, and moving forward. Let others uh, want to come copy us. That's fine. Um, we're, we're really going to continue to set the standard. All right. I'll ask you the softball question. Which one's your favorite now? Pick a favorite child. Uh, oh, I I would say the 4xE right now is my favorite, but it's my newbie. So you always <laughs> like the new kid the best. It's always the newest one. Yeah, yeah. It's always the latest one. <laughs> well, we've got more to go and more to come. It's, it's going to be fantastic. Well, thank you uh, for taking the time to chat with us and thank you guys for uh, listening and watching. Uh, if you're interested more in the vehicle, Tommy, you did a great video. Where's that at? Yeah, it's over at tflcar.com. Just remember, 7.2 kilowatts. Right now, 2.7. 2. Yeah, it's my fault, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, and uh, 
uh, yeah, check out uh, tflcar.com for more news, news, and what else? Real world reviews. Real world Wrangler 4 by ear reviews. See you guys next time. Ciao. And thank you very much. Thanks. Have a good day, guys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.